The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As you may know, there is a federal government modern slavery act inquiry that is ongoing. Andrea Takaji, who is the founder and CEO of the Fighting for Justice Foundation, has made a submission to the inquiry just recently. Now, Andrea, she combines her life experience as a refugee child, her work as a therapist, working in government and for international organisations, and her experience in politics with her passion for justice and legal training to now advocate and lobby for trafficked persons and displaced persons in the Australasia region. Andrea's joining us. Hello, Andrea. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Andrea, you do good work. We've spoken a number of times. What is in your latest submission to this government inquiry? We're really excited, now about the Australian Federal Government's initiative to have a look at the Modern Slavery Act that was implemented in the UK in 2015. In fact, it was uh, first implemented in California and after the UK, France has implemented it. So Australia is now the fourth country that recognises that slavery in business and corporate supply chains are a big issue and that we can do something about it. This is not just corporate social responsibility. This is understanding and recognising that business should conduct business in a human rights framework and be conscious of the reality of slavery in their supply chain. Because, Andrea, here we are in Australia and some of our near neighbours to the north uh, in Southeast Asia, there is all sorts of uh, issues with the manufacturing sector there uh, that implicates businesses here when they have slavery context in which some of those workers are working. Yeah, that's right. So if you own a mobile phone, if you have a cotton shirt in your wardrobe, if you eat prawns or fish, um, and and if you are, you know, a consumer of goods that are really cheap, you are involved in that slavery supply chain. As a consumer, you purchase products that are more likely than not produced by slaves at the raw material level, and... uh, In doing so, you're creating a demand for more of that service, more of that product, and in turn, more and more slaves are being enslaved to produce goods at a fraction of the cost. And of course, this affects their uh, living standards, their access to education for children, and of course, uh, they experience uh, various human rights violations. Andrea, the Federal Government Modern Slavery Act inquiry, it's not something that just uh, comes and goes. It's quite an ongoing process, isn't it? 
Yeah, look, Neil, the, the way that government works, unfortunately, is slower than we'd like. So the inquiry is the first step to bringing in new legislation. Part of the inquiry, they call for submissions from uh, business and civil society. And so uh, as an advocacy group, we've made a submission to the initial inquiry stating where we would like to see the Modern Slavery Act bill uh, be taken. And uh, that was the first step. So the second step has been public consultations that the federal government has held both through the, the committee overseeing the inquiry, but also through the Commonwealth Attorney General's Department to discuss the regulatory framework. So how will this legislation work in practice? What is required of business? How can we ensure and encourage businesses report on slavery in their supply chain? And what should we do about it? Because some will say, Andrea, that this is a moral issue for business. But business is always looking at the bottom line, always trying to do the better deal on their manufacturing. So uh, it's likely that there'd be some corners cut. So the government has a role here to perhaps legislate, but that's not such an easy thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And look, at the first instance, the Modern Slavery Act is calling on companies and businesses over a certain threshold to self-report. So it's asking companies and businesses to be honest enough to look at their practices, look at their supply chains and and implement some due diligence around reporting and admit if there is a problem. Uh, not only for the sake of the slaves, but for the sake of the sector as a whole. So, for example... Not reporting on slavery and supply chains could lead to liability for business, not only liability and reputation, but liability uh, and costs um, to, to that company or business. And so, of course, um, the, the biggest uh, cost is the human rights violations that the slaves themselves have experienced. But those violations far outweigh the cost of actually reporting, finding slavery and dealing with it. From time to time, a business is implicated in using uh, those uh, Southeast Asian uh, areas, and, you know, we might call them sweatshops, whatever we call Mm, them, uh, where this slavery is working. And there is a little bit of slavery shaming going on, uh, but is Mm. slavery shaming going far enough? Uh, What would you be calling on the government to do by way of legislation? Uh, Because if they're doing this self-reporting thing right now, maybe that isn't going to work for long. So the self-reporting hasn't been implemented yet. It will be implemented through this proposed Modern Slavery Act. And so to this point, you're right, shaming of companies has taken place. The biggest example I can think of is in the chocolate industry. So when cacao is produced, um, it often uses child labour, child slaves. And, of course, that's at the expense of the child's education and um, freedom of uh, movement and, and association and so, on, so many other things they experience, often um, violence and beatings and all sorts of things. But I think that the days of shaming companies are over. We're actually calling them to their due diligence responsibility to report on slavery in their supply chains. Because we know internationally there's a higher standard. 
For example, the OECD's uh, report on such. There's also um, procurement guidelines, international procurement guidelines, uh, that talk about sustainability and um, re- reporting on uh, human rights violations. And there's all sorts of UN standards as well that are that are now filtering through to domestic legislation. And that's what we're seeing here. So it's, it's really exciting that various countries and international standards have moved this way beyond shaming, but it's calling for a higher standard. And part of that standard is reporting for the sake of everybody, not just for slaves, but for better business practice. And while that reporting might be a voluntary thing that businesses do, what you're saying is that there ought to be some sort of penalty for not actually participating, for not uh, making a report. Is that the case? Yeah, what we found with the UK Modern Slavery Act is in the first instance, um, there were only a 14% rate of uh, companies reporting that should have reported. It was quite low. And part of that is companies not understanding and not knowing the benefits or how to report. So I think those are lessons that Australia can learn from and we can build on those. For example, the UK didn't have a public depository um, for these reports, but the Australian government is already uh, talking about a possible public repository. Um, And so it's really exciting that we... uh, Australia jurisdiction is looking beyond and building on what already exists in the UK using those international best practice standards and guidelines. And there have been wonderful examples. For example, Andrew Forrest. So he obviously is the CEO of the Walk Free Foundation and he set up Global Slavery Index. He's done wonderful work in anti-trafficking. But someone challenged him one day to look at slavery in his own supply chain and he found it and it dealt with it straight away. So he is a leading uh, businessman and entrepreneur in this space. I know of other businesses. So, for example, there's a cafe in Sydney who operate with slave-free supply chains. So we're talking, you know, mining magnates as well as small-town coffee shops. Both of them have achieved this. And I think that's really exciting and so that we should see this in encouragement that it is achievable, not just for big corporations, but for small businesses as well. And there's a real value in raising the profile of this whole issue of modern-day slavery because for some people they may be ignorant of what's in their supply chain. As you say, and as you tell the story of Andrew Forrest, when uh, he didn't know it was there, but when he found it, Mm. he was quite taken aback by that. The good thing I guess we can take from what's happening, Andrea, is that the government does recognise that there is a problem of modern slavery and that they are looking for solutions. Absolutely. Gone are the days where governments or uh, institutions deny that trafficking, modern-day slavery exists. There is undeniable statistics and information out there. The most recent is the Global Slavery Report, put out by the ILO, International Labour Organisation, in partnership with the Walk Free Foundation and IOM, International Organisation for Migration. So their statistics say that there are over... 40 million slaves in the world today and the majority, 71% of women and girls. 
um, you know, they they point out um, forced labour and and where the majority of uh, forced labour is. Unfortunately, it actually exists in our region, so in the Australasia region. So we have a large responsibility as a developed demand nation in this region to be cognizant of that and to be cognizant of our uh, business practices in relation to that and to make sure that we're not part of the problem, that we're actually part of the solution. Well, Andrea, just great getting an update. Thank you so much for that. I'll point people to your website, uh, fightingforjusticefoundation.com, and people will be able to find out what you're about and the sorts of things you're involved in. And You've got a finger in a number of pies and certainly involved in fighting for justice, uh, as your name suggests. Andrea Takaji, thank you so much for taking some time to update us today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.